Welcome back to Division One Rejects. Another great episode today. We'll be joined by Coach Buddy Mitchell, who is the cornerback coach here at Northern Michigan University. He's got an awesome personality. He's For a good sure. dude. How much have you uh, interacted with Coach Mitchell? Well, uh, I mean, not too much. I mean, not, yeah. not too much, but he's a good guy. Really yeah, he like is him. a good guy. He's he's uh, he's that guy you kind of go to on the side, like the goofball almost. Like he's got a totally serious side. Don't get me wrong, but he's uh, he likes to have a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely. He's a good dude. So I'm excited for that conversation with him. But as we move into the NFL side of things, Dak Prescott finally reaches a deal with the Cowboys. He's set to make forty million a year for the next four years in Dallas. Wow. Yeah. We knew somebody's gonna get broken off in the quarterback world. I didn't know if it was gonna be Dak or not because that deal has been four years in the making, three three years in the making. Too Somewhere long. Almost, yeah, too long for him, especially with his talent. But along with that, the franchise tag deadline was tonight, Tuesday at four p.m. We'll see who got the franchise tag heading into 21 and who didn't. A big name from the Lions who didn't get the franchise tag. Kind of uh, kind of interesting there. The Lions also release, release the defensive back Desmond Trufant, which has many thinking they won't go for a quarterback with the seventh overall pick in this year's draft. We don't really know, but like the defense definitely needs some uh, help. Some help. Some help. Whether that be at like the inside linebacker position, the cornerback position, defensive back position. I think they're trying to figure that out still, but that is kind of where they're trending, a lot of people think. On the college football side of things, we're going to check in on Deion Sanders and Jackson State, where he's coaching right now. Also, Indiana head coach Tim Allen signed a seven-year deal to stay in Indiana with the Hoosiers. Wow. Seven-year. Yeah. He was the, I believe he was the AP coach of the year, too. So, he, mm-hmm. I mean, he had a great year this year. Indiana um, really had a chance to be in that Big Ten championship, right, because they changed the rules last minute for Ohio State. Yeah. So Indiana would have been in that Big Ten championship, and they would have, you know, they would have had a good game against uh, Northwestern. That would have been a good one. But yeah. um, that's all the topics for today. Stay tuned for those. Tell your friends to check us out. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects to see when the new episodes drop and catch highlights from our conversations with guests. Our first guest on today's episode is cornerbacks coach here at Northern Michigan University, a guy who was a captain at Austin P during playoff th- his playing days. Excuse me, joining the Wildcat staff in 2017. Coach Buddy Mitchell, what's going on, Coach? What's going on, man? How you doing? Fantastic. Glad we could uh, make this happen today. We're sitting in the what is this, the video closet. Oh yeah. We man. run out of rooms here. Oh yeah. You got to <laughs> find your way, find your facility spots. Man. We come in. We got this musty smell. We got this one single overhead light. I mean, we really have set set, set the stage here for a good little conversation. Blue collar podcast. Luke, <laughs> I love that. I love that blue collar podcast. Now, a little bit away from blue collar. I didn't realize this. I was looking at your bio because I got to do digging before I get everybody on here. Mm-hmm. You were out coaching in Vegas for a few years after leaving Austin Peay. Now, you were uh, you came on as like a grad assistant at uh, Austin Peay after you were done playing for a little bit? Austin P. I I was hired as a part-time assistant. Okay. I, I wanted to pursue the grad assistant route, but uh, Coach Cannon, who was here on our staff now, is the yeah. DC. he was the head coach, and um, we had that spot filled up. Ah. You know, so unfortunately I wasn't able to get in, but he had a position for me to come in as yeah. assistant. So that was a connection here, obviously, then. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good stuff. So then then you go from there out to Vegas. Like, huge, huge transition. I mean, not just, like, geographically, but just the mindset and everything. What were the personalities like out there? Is it really, you know, like a different West Coast mindset or what? So the Vegas we're talking about is in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. So th- I, I have to do a better reading next time is what I have to yeah, do. Yeah, it throws a lot of people off, man. So you, that is not Nevada. No. It's not the Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the Las Vegas, New Mexico. So there we go. We're off. To, I'm old for one. We're <laughs> off to a good start. But still, still a huge change for you. I mean, what was, oh, that, yeah. what was that like? Oh, yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it was a culture shock, man. I 
my connection there, I um, I met this coach, Jeff Mills. He's a he's actually on the staff at Iowa State right now. But okay. I met him when I was 16 years old. And I, I uh, you know, my dad has some connections. His best friend lives out in Seattle. And Jeff Mills at the time was the safety coach at University of Washington. And okay. uh, that under Steve Sarkeesian's staff. Man. And I met a lot of those guys. And I was just a young pup just trying to get exposure. And uh, I just stayed connected over the years. You know, obviously, I wasn't, you know, the guy they were looking for in recruiting. But, you know, just stay connected. I built a bridge. And six, seven years later, man, he had a had a job opportunity for me. So I just kind of went out there and with blind faith. Yeah, that's a big and, jump. Oh, yeah, man. That's a whole life shift. It was a big jump. You know, I kind of just I, – I took two suitcases and, and took off, man. <laughs> and uh, this guy, you know, he gave me a chance at Las Vegas, New Mexico – uh, it's similar to, you know, similar to Marquette, Michigan. You know, they got their really? own small community type yeah. of way. You know, 12,000 people. Okay. I would say about 90% Hispanic. You there know, you go. so. Yeah. So, yeah, very different. Oh, yeah, it's very different, but I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I can adjust. The same atmosphere, though, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was cool, man. You know, it was a good culture shock. I met a lot of people. Um, You know, just, just different. You just got to learn how to adapt and just, yeah. ha- and just enjoy what you got going on. For sure. Now, like leap of faith, two suitcases, you're gone at that at that point in your life where you just don't know. I mean, you know, typically we don't get super deep here on the podcast, but just like (laughs) that's seriously a leap of faith. You bring two suitcases. You don't even know what's a month, two months ahead of you. You're just next like day at a time, day at a time. What was that process like? That had to be nuts. And especially because this contact that you have with this coach, like you said, it wasn't a, oh, we check in every other weekend, you know, see how we're doing. Like I knew this guy from a while ago. Mm -hmm. He had the connection. And I'm just kind of putting my trust in him yep. to, you know, really realize this opportunity. Yeah. Um, touch the, uh, the leap of faith, man. Uh, you know, Jeff Mills, he's a, he's a real good guy. He, you know, that's kind of what he, he moves by. He, uh, you know, he just, he's a, he's really bit big into faith and mm-hmm. you know, he kind of gave me that confidence to come out there and it's going to be a great opportunity to get my coaching career started. Um, and you say he must've said all the right things. Oh yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> he had to. You know, he said he, he said to. all the right things. He said it, he said it so well, man. I he got me out there after two weeks of, after of the conversation. You know what I mean? Like no way. Well, we had the so within two weeks, and so like not to cut you off, but two weeks prior to that, you had no idea of that you were gonna head out there. No, no idea, man. And I then was, sit, I was in the from lease. that day, just right out. Oh, I was two weeks. I was gone. I was in the lease, man. Wow. I was still living in Clarksville, Tennessee, at the time where I uh, was coaching at Austin P. And at the time, you know, I was in a transition and do I really want to go stay in this profession? Yeah. And, you know, uh, it was kind of rough for me. I'm just a young cat and I'm sitting here working third shift graveyard jobs. And, you know, you just kind of got to roll with the punches and just just stay with it and stay, uh, you know, just stay locked in and stay focused and just hope mm-hmm. to get that opportunity. And, he, you know, he gave me a call. I met him when I was in – I met him up with him again uh, after my visit when I was 16, I met up okay. when I was 22 years old at the uh, Man. Coach, at yeah the, at the coaching convention down in San Antonio. So you're a totally different dude at this point. Totally different yeah. guy. Totally, I look different. You know, he <laughs> yeah. didn't even recognize me. That's, That's what's crazy. So crazy. We just haven't seen each other, but we had like a kind of in-person interview down at the convention, and you know, he said he'll probably give me a call back maybe a month later or so, let me know what he's had. But mm-hmm. you know, months went by, and so I'm like, oh man, you know. Here we go again. You know, it's part of the profession, getting it in, get into it. And um, July, I know the exact date. This is crazy, man. July 20th, 2016. Really? 
he called me and, you know, we're just chatting. We're just having a normal chat, but he wasn't going anywhere with it. You know, he was just kind of filling me out, see if I, where, where my head was at. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I just, at the end of the conversation, he said, how do you, how do you feel about coming out, you know, Las Vegas, New Mexico and come coach corners for me? I, at the time I was desperate. It's what I want to do for a living. I like to make an impact on guys and, I took off, and I just took off, man, got on a flight. I didn't yeah. even take a vehicle. You know, I took off two, two suitcases and, and went out there, man, and everything was all lined up for me. I just rolled with the punches. Yeah, talk about a lot of trust. I mean, obviously it paid off because, you know, at least in my eyes, you're here now, you've continued in this profession, you've established yourself, and now you're working. Like you said, you're doing what you want to do, making an impact on guys, whether that be – in uh, Vegas, New Mexico, <laughs> or in Marquette, Michigan. I still can't believe that I did not do enough research <laughs> to figure that out. That's embarrassing. Nice. But was watching an interview a little while back with Coach Nice from our head coach here at Northern Michigan, and he was super stoked about the fact that we had two starting corners that ran 4-4. And I think for a lot of football people, or non-football people, excuse me, they don't quite understand the magnitude of that, but that's a huge deal just because of the pure athleticism that is demanded at that position. And I know we've got guys from – outside of our program, some transfers that are coming in and they're going to make a big difference this year, right? But we also have guys that have been in the program and been, you know, whether they're first, second, or third year, fourth year even guys in that defensive secondary. What is that dynamic like when you look at guys that you've been able to coach and then you also look at guys who have a lot of the same experience but not in this same, you know, system or setup? Um, I think it's unique, man. You know, the the transfer guys that can come in and fit right into your scheme and, and, you know, build that relationship with their other peers on the field, man, I think it's a unique situation. You know, this portal thing is a is a trip now. It's a mess know. right now, you an know, absolute mess. You no, know, when I was, you know, I'm not that old, but this, this portal <laughs> thing, man, like, it's getting out of hand. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it works in your favor. Um, but, you know, touch on the, the position group, man, we, um, you know, running 4-4s, four that's just that's – just, the start you know you still got to have a good technique you still got to do things right yeah but uh if you got the skill set and the talent I can work with that anyone in the country can work totally you know the best DB coaches in in the country can do that so you just got to put them in a good situation good spots and for them to be able to make plays 100% now cornerback is it the most difficult position to play on the field I'm gonna be biased here and I'm gonna say yes and that's okay use bias I'm gonna be biased and say yes there for a reason okay and, now, yeah, now explain your reason. And and my reason is because most of the time you're by yourself. You know, that's true. You always yeah. got a one on one matchup, even when the ball's in the air or the guy's running around and you got to defend them and maintain mm-hmm. your position. It's just it's just tough, man. You know, you got to have a lot of skill sets and you, and really it all co- plays a part with just having mental toughness. You know, um, most guys if you can't don't have mental toughness at that spot. You need to go play. It's going to catch up to you. You need to go yeah. play uh, D-tackle or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, where you're not exactly. getting exposed because you're not going to win every battle. For me, it's like, <laughs> you know, running the ball. I know what I'm doing in my head, or at least I like to think I do. Sometimes I don't. But, you know, when I'm running the ball, I know where I'm going. You guarding somebody, you have no clue what they're about to do. It's so all, It's all yeah, reaction, man. Exactly. It's all reactionary. So, like, you have to be just as, if not more, athletic than the dude you're guarding. And, you know, sometimes you can't always have that. You're right. right. So that's where the film study comes in. That's where the hours of preparation come in and the work and stuff like that. So I think that's the spot that's underappreciated because every spot in football, you can do film study. I think people are like, oh, yeah, quarterbacks read defenses or like middle linebackers are going to look and watch the format. It's every position, man. Don't even try and get me started. Like you could get <laughs> so nitpicky on little tendencies that your opponents have. So, you know, as Michael Jordan would say, the sky is the roof. 
Oh yeah. You ever, you ever hear say that to the North Carolina basketball team? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> he uh, that was pretty bad. But um, anyways, but uh, just in that position, like just knowing that type of stuff. Like if a guy's got a go to route, if he's got a go to move that he loves, or what kind of stance? What, what's his uh, uh, what's it called? Getting off the line. This, you know, just his what's release, his release? His yeah, stem, exactly. You know, you know all those things. You got it's a lot that comes with it, man. It's you know it's a lot more film study than guys think that you gotta have. Think some guys. And we have to beat it out some of our guys here. You know, mm-hmm. I understand you're young and you just rely on your talent. Yeah. But you got to understand that guy across from you is getting paid also. Because mm-hmm. you know, that's so. what's got him this far, right? Yeah. For, for yeah. you know, not, I'm not going to say all of them, but for a lot of guys, like, you know, talent has got him this far. And they haven't needed to go down and sit and, and do a lot of these things, but that's what separates guys at this level. Yes, you have to, you got to rely on tech technique, man. That's what it's. That's what it all comes down to. So know. looking at that then, when you see guys at a high school, now obviously you don't get a chance to recruit every single you know, DB just because you you're restricted by the area, but you do check in on, on, on all of them or a lot of them, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for in guys at a high school or even like the transfer portal type thing? Because right now, like you said, I want to go back to that, um, the transfer portal. Like now when you see a guy transfer, like, oh, you don't even bat an eye. Like that's so normal. Mm-hmm. It's so normal. And I obviously I've not been on this earth long enough to really experience more, more of it. But just five, ten years ago, that would have been a huge deal. You know what I mean? If it even allowed. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So that's, for me, just having that, and I think that's what's trending forward in a lot of professional sports and at the college level is more like, not to say it's a good or bad thing, it's interesting thing. Oh, yeah. It's a very interesting thing. But back to my, my initial thing here. Coming out of high school, guys come out of the transfer portal. If there's one thing you're looking at, not to say like, oh, if he's got it, he's my guy, but if there's mm-hmm. one thing you're looking at that's going to tell you right away, like what kind of dude this is, what, what would that kind of be for you? I like, I like to see a guy that can make college plays and okay. and, and and you know for me. Uh, let me elaborate on that. Yeah, you know, college uh, plays. I want to hear this. College plays, man. It's about you know you want to see your your scheme and your technique. You want to see a glimpse of it. Yeah. You know? yeah I want to see at least a glimpse of something you can you can work on and develop at this level. I like that. And um, you know, and then the main thing all coaches look for. You just want to see a guy effort. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I Highlights, it's all good and all, but I want to see when that highlight's not on you. You know, and that's kind of an old-school way to look at it when those yeah. guys watch the full games and, you know, evaluate every snap. And it's kind of it's kind of hard, and I think huddle and all this stuff has kind of made it easy for us now. Exactly, but, yeah. You know, you kind of don't really – you don't really get to evaluate every little thing. No, you, know, you don't. So. And it's hard because, you know, that, that highlight film, that's going to be, what, five minutes long, three like two to five minutes long, somewhere in that range – that's just like the trailer. Oh yeah, that's right? the, that's the trailer. That's man. the trailer. That's, that's gonna get your foot in the door. <laughs> that's right? a teaser, man. Kind of like if you know if your name came up, your coach would be the coach would be like, oh yeah, like maybe I've seen that guy before, or that mm-hmm. name like looks familiar. Oh yeah, right. What are this is, a, this is a better question? I think what's a big no no on like a highlight tape or something like that? You see like you see something, you're like, like did this dude really just like? Have you had any experiences like that? Oh man, yes, we've had a few. <laughs> had a few. <laughs> And usually, you know, you know, our recruiting process, you know, you start with your recruiting coach, your position coach, and you, you know, go to coordinators. But yep, you know, we're all pretty, we're all pretty. I think we're all pretty good evaluators here. And okay. I, I will say, if that guy can't get past that recruiting coach, then you know, if you got any doubt about anything, yeah. technique, character, grades. Then it's not, you know, it's not yeah. worth it, you know. So all the boxes got to be checked. All the boxes got to be checked. And and for me to touch back on your last question, man, I I will say, you know, something I look for. I look for college plays. You know, I look for the effort. Yep. And I also look. I gotta know if this guy can learn. 
Okay. You know? Yeah. No, that's a good thing. You know, yeah. I got to know if he can learn because you can't make it simple every time. You know, you got to be dynamic and got to got to create some things up and yeah. scheme up the offense. So I got to be able to change the techniques, got to play within techniques, within coverages. And, again, and, I think that's something that gets lost because cornerback, like, yeah, like you got to be a great athlete, you got to be this, you got to be that. But I feel like people think it's a very cookie-cutter position. Oh, yeah, man. It's, you know what I mean? It, like, okay, if you're athletic and you understand how to read a wide receiver, you're good to go. Yeah. But, like you said, you got to be creative. Like, how do you get creative at a cornerback position, at a defensive back position in general? Mm -hmm. But there's so many things as far as what looks you're giving the offense, as far as what – different type of looks you're giving your individual receiver, what you're trying to do with the receiver. You know, your stance is going to dictate, you know, what he does and how he interacts with you off the line of scrimmage. All these little subtle things, and I, I am nobody that is qualified nearly enough to talk about it, but from an outsider's perspective, I can see this and admire the kind of stuff that goes on, like, in these guys' heads, which I think is really cool. Now, you guys, as a defense last year, had seven interceptions. Um, how important, obviously, is it for you to go and just have, like, these ball hawks? Like, guys are going to go and make big-time turnovers in, big, in, like, big-time games. That's what it's all about, man. You know, that's how you win ball games. Yeah. You know, it's just... It's and we had a lot of close ones last year. Yeah, yeah. A lot of close games last year that, like, big plays like that go a long way in those type of games. Go a long way. And so you just got to preach it every day to, to, you know, make your play when you can. Mm -hmm. don't, take a, don't, don't take it for granted. Yeah. Because when that ball comes... It's you got to make it. You got to make a play. It's, I always tell them these guys they want to get out their techniques and they want to do their own thing. Then mm -hmm. they look at the QB like they're throwing him the ball. This this is college football, <laughs> man. That guy that's throwing the ball over there might be you know uh, a bounce back from an FBS program. Yeah, man, he's legit. Mm -hmm. He's he not thro throwing you the ball. He man. throws you the ball. He's gonna be hanging out with coach the exactly. Rest of the day. So yeah. that's why you gotta be a you gotta be a technician. You gotta study the game. And I was a cornerback, man. I and I used to know what the damn D tackle was doing. Really? You know, just yeah. You gotta just know. Just, I love that. Just study the game and that's gonna make you better. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the biggest. A lot of these guys will tell you. But when I was playing against some of these, you know, big schools, Tennessee and Vandy and some of those guys, mm -hmm. man, it just you gotta learn how to I studied. I yeah. know I know that Jordan Matthews was a third round projected pick. You know, I gotta maybe take a step in, you know, on my leverage or take a step back. Yeah. So I think that goes a long way and that's what I try to preach to my guys nowadays. Just put in extra work outside of our position meetings and outside of the practice. Just yeah. do something to get you better and get you better than the guy you're going to go across. I love that. Now, another stat that is, I think this one can be a little bit misleading, but that's like defensive touchdowns. We only had one last year, but I think that stat honestly does not have a very strong correlation to like a good defense in a lot of ways because that's a lot of opportunity plays, right? Offense makes a mistake, whatever. But we do see teams like the Rams who had like the best defense in the NFL last year as far as um, actual yards and scoring go. They did lead the league in defensive touchdowns, which, you know, is no coincidence, right? They had an all-star defense. Oh, yeah. What is that? That's what I just want to ask you is like that stat's kind of a weird one. Do you ever see – you ever look into that at all or is that just something you look at the end of the season you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like maybe we had – a real little amount or we got a lot this year yeah man that is that's uh it is an interesting stat you yeah know, because uh, it's a lot of just weird opportunity type plays, yeah you right? know that's you know defensive players we just focus on the ball exactly you know and if something else happens after that then we take advantage of it mm -hmm. and try to go score but you know uh it starts with just starts with practice and preparation during the week yeah it's about you know are you guys preaching it are you not paying it paying it any attention you know preach it Preach turnovers and preach touchdowns and things like that. You're talking to existence. Yeah. You know, so 
That's, For sure. That's that's my opinion on that, man. Yeah. We had a uh, before I let you go here, we had one we had that trick play today with Key and he like threw that deep ball. <laughs> but right through Brady's hands. I mean that's not like one of your your quarterbacks yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Come on. That oh, was yeah. that was tough. Oh yeah, man. That we, was tough. Do, they, do you ever just like you have guys who get a little too excited when the ball comes their way or what? Because, oh man, get big eyes. Right. Right. I feel like that happens a good amount. Oh yeah. So these guys just can't help it. You gotta practice. You gotta practice <laughs> these things, man. It sounds crazy. And it's hard to get those, you know, game type situations yeah. in where you can work on. You gotta practice. You just you know, every little thing you see out there in the game, you gotta practice. Like yeah. some simple as throwing a ball to a guy in a drill. You know, it's just, it's just ball drills and you know, tackle drills. You got to practice these things or it won't show up. You know, if you, if you don't practice it, you're going to have some guys dropping balls and oh, yeah. not being used to playing the ball in there. So, you know, opportunities come. You got to take advantage of it. That's 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 all I got to say about that, man. Love to hear it, Coach. Well, that's all I got for you. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. It's been thanks a good for, one. Thanks for having me. All right, NFL side of things. Let's get right into it. Dak Prescott gets a $160 million contract with the Cowboys. The deal has taken years to finally be you know, pen to paper, in the books, whatever it is. As Adam Schefter reported Monday night, that's the $160 million contract, and that is a record $126 million guaranteed. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. Especially coming off the injury that he just had yeah, and, exactly. like, the future with that he may or may not have with the team, which obviously now is set in stone. Yeah. But that, like I said, record. Like, nobody's ever gotten that much guaranteed. Yeah, it's insane. Supposedly, it's laden with like a ton of incentives too, like uh, game incentives. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, those passing yard type stuff and other yeah. things like that. Um, I want to say, I don't know. I don't I think I had the numbers down somewhere, but um, this obviously shows like the Cowboys are all in on deck. Like he's making a full recovery. It was a was it an ankle or leg injury? Was it a leg? It was like a shin. Yeah, it was like a weird. It was a weirder injury. It was like I don't know, ankle shin. And yeah, his his shin pretty much just snapped right Yeah, I remember it being really disgusting, and I can almost picture the play. But it's kind of um, like uh, you remember Paul George's injury? Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, kind of it kind of looked it almost the same, but gruesome. Not, um, it, no, the Paul George's was worse. That, yeah, that was like ninety degrees. That was disgusting. Um, this does mean less sleep number commercials for Dak because they can't milk the whole. How's your recovery going, Dak? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But those those commercials were those were a staple. You see a lot of those. Yeah. I feel like they always were on like whether it be like YouTube videos or whatever. But Dak was making that money before he got the contract. I'm still they're they're still gonna milk that. But um, sure. no more uh, no more recovery sleep to sell all those mattresses. Pretty much. <laughs> the big problem coming off the last couple seasons for Dak, as far as the, as the negotiating goes, I didn't really, really realize this, but I was reading the Cowboys wanted a deal of five years or more, and Dak and his team wanted a maximum of four. So really, when you think about it, this deal took multiple years to make. Does it really yeah. matter at this point? That's the crazy part about it. You know what I mean? Like all this fuss over an extra year, and now like he's been around for two more years since this deal had started kind of being negotiated. So... Kind of an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I don't really know what I think about that. Right? So the Cowboys wanted him to stick around longer. But, like, for me, four years. Four years is a long, long part of a career. Right? Well, considering that the average NFL career is not very long. Exactly. So, especially for a quarterback in his prime, like Dak should be. You know what I mean? He's going to come back and still produce insane numbers. But, like, where's the Cowboys? In four years, you know, if he's still getting it done, like, yeah, extend him, man. Like, he deserves it. Yeah. But, like... If in four years he's not getting it done, like you don't want to hold on to that fifth year. So I'm I'm wondering why that was the breaking point in the fact that's what at least it sounds like it was. Like that was the breaking point in the negotiation in the negotiations, excuse me, was that fifth year. 
So I don't, I don't really know. I don't understand that. So now they get the four year done, and that's four years in addition to however, however long he's been in Dallas already. Yeah. So now, hopefully, what we see out of this, the one upside for fans, obviously with a healthy Dak Prescott, that's the biggest upside. But we have an actual leader in the division, NFC East. I would yeah. assume, right? Now Washington is there with that stout defense, and I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position because they're parting ways with Alex Smith. They just paid. Taylor Heineke. Is it Taylor Heineke? Yeah. Yeah, they just paid him like $8 million, but he's not going to be their starter. Yes, he is. <laughs> but what are they What are they going to do at the at the quarterback position? Do they go after someone big? Like, they have not been rumored in the Deshaun or Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are quarterbacks out there, though. What if they went after like a like a Jameis Winston? You know That'd be I mean? a bold move. Right? That'd be really bold. Or a, or a Teddy Bridgewater. Because supposedly he's going to yeah, be out of Carolina. he's going to be traded. That I could actually see that happening, Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. I feel like Teddy would be a good fit. I really thought he was going to be the dude in Carolina for a while, especially with Matt Rule. Yeah, I don't but, know. I mean, nothing's happened yet, but it just sounds like sounds like they want Trey Lance. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. So, so that'll be that'll be kind of interesting um, to see. But the Cowboys need to build around Dak now. You know what I mean? Like they've had well, yeah, they've had some issues. Contract. Yeah, they've had some issues as far as like building around him. Their offensive line, the Cowboys' offensive line, used to be like stout, the offensive line, like the premier offensive line back when Zeke that was really and, uh, rolling. I'm in the Eagles for sure. The Eagles, yep. Pittsburgh used to have a Pittsburgh. really good one, um, but now I mean they don't have that reputation anymore. I feel like there's not as many as many stars in Dallas. I feel like there's trying. There's got a lot of guys trying to be the stars yeah. in Dallas, right? I think they got the right pieces right now, and they have a lot of talent. I feel like there's just maybe the defense. You think so? Not maybe, definitely because when <laughs> Dak, when Dak, like their offensive side of the stupid ball, numbers. Yeah, well, the Dak back, the offense should take care of itself. I would assume. Yeah, but without Dak, they were abysmal. So keep him healthy, hey, surround Andy him with Dalton some good talent, putting him on her. On his back. Jesus, no. His back would have been broken then because they were they scored just so little points. Paper mache back. I think they like didn't have an offensive touchdown for multiple weeks. That's uh that's bad stat. That's rough. That is a bad stat. Um, but moving on, some franchise tag moves at the deadline, which was tonight at 4 p.m. So first of all, the Bucks get Chris Godwin on the tag. He's expected to make fifteen point nine million dollars. I feel like for a franchise tag, that's not terrible. I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good, right? And considering Chris Godwin's a receiver, exactly. So you're not, you know what I mean? And and really, that the Bucks. I don't know if you saw the salary cap for the NFL is going down like five to ten million dollars this year. Wow, right? Isn't that nuts? So the Bucks who are already kind of struggling as far as like paying some players, right? Yeah. Even though Tom Brady has been taking some pay cuts, and some other guys have kind of they've uh, they've released a few a few uh, you know salary pieces right there they're still struggling to pay guys so Chris Godwin it sounded like he came out and said that he was totally okay with that and he was expecting it moving forward so that's mm-hmm. that's a done deal now for the Bucks, right and there's there's been a lot of rumors of Odell trying to meet up with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay have you seen any of those oh my god have you no really so I've seen it all over the place it was on that uh like the BR gridiron um a bunch of other stuff Bleacher Report was you know posting about it now then again Maybe it's a slow news day and like they wanted to get some content out there. But it happens, right? It happens. Yeah. But like there were a lot of people saying that Odell really wanted, and I guess in the past Tom had hinted at the fact that he'd like to play with Odell. Maybe people are just stretching that out to no end. I don't th- I don't think Tom would want to play with Odell, to be honest. Why would they need him? That's my thing. 
They don't. Why would and they need him? And the, why I'm would surprised. you want to pay him? You can't pay him. You can't. And Odell is one of those players that's like, I've never really enjoyed Odell, to be honest. Really? Never? Well, can't he's, say that. He's got I, his moments for me. I, he has moments. And I think he's done some growing up. Yeah, I guess. I did post him on my Instagram in seventh grade when he made the one-handed catch. <laughs> you were Just a big as, Odell guy for a little bit. No, that's you had to every, be. no, everybody did back then. Yeah, everybody posted Odell. Yeah, but like you they made playing. their own edit of yeah, that oh, catch. Oh yeah, you had to. Uh, you had well, to. It was like flip edits. <laughs> There's an app on the phone. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you put a song in the background, and you were like, "Oh that's my crazy. gosh, I got it timed up." It goes nuts though. Oh yeah, you can't tell me like you've been playing like backyard football or whatever, and you've gone up and like oh no, like when you, especially when like seventh grade Zach yeah, I was, definitely I was that. always Moss, really I was always Moss. You but you never like Moss seventh, seventh and eighth grade Randy Zach never threw up the one hand and was like oh no, never. Man, he's searching the memory right now. <laughs> I don't think so. I <laughs> caught a one-handed touchdown in like junior high. Are you joking? No, there not at go. all. Were you playing quarterback at the time? No. Oh, what were you playing? No, I. I I didn't play quarterback until kind of freshman year. I wouldn't even say that. I would say I played quarterback sophomore year. Sophomore year and on. Of high school, yeah. What were you playing before? Mostly receiver. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start saying Zach Keen when I catch the ball then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another big franchise tag is Allen Robinson and the Bears. That's their number one guy for the Bears. He's coming off back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for Chicago. Did you realize that? No, I he's having, haven't heard a lot of noise about him. Productive, but. he's having productive seasons. I've heard a lot about him because there's not many other, um, you know, super bright points on that Chicago team. Their defense has uh, has made some moves. Obviously, they're centered around like Cleo Mack and that that front. Right, the Bears have been solid there, but on the offensive side of the ball with Trubisky and who's their starting running backs, Montgomery, right? Yeah, Montgomery. So I mean, they've you know they haven't made too much noise, but for Allen Robinson to be back, I didn't realize that. Um, Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons is no joke for anybody. Yeah. A wider, like, that's that's a huge number for a wide, it's a huge number for a, even for a running back. But now, I would say, and this has been a push for a lot of Bears fans, Russell Wilson to the Bears. That would be huge. Yeah, that's... Uh, automatic playoff contention. Now, the NFC North is not an easy division to win in, as, as long as, especially as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. Yeah. But, totally doable if you have Russell Wilson. For sure. I think so. Oh. And we we said on last week's podcast, like, there's no way he's out of Seattle. That's kind of kind of how it seemed. It's it's almost turning the other way now. Like, there's people are really finding some some possibilities where it might, he might be able to get out. Wow, I would have never expected that a week ago. I would have thought it would have been Russell and Pete Carroll till they died. But yeah, exactly. Because that's also though, like, we don't see the day in day out stuff. No, no, you know what I mean. I'm sure there's there's so much more to that relationship than what we see on on Thursday night football. That's the interesting thing about it to me. Because you just see the highlights of all these guys in their yeah. career. I mean, and some lowlights, I guess, if you call like that that Super Bowl, like see them go through that together. But still, like you're in the Super Bowl. Like these guys had a lot of success together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that'll be I love really how interesting. you said Thursday night football. I, I yeah, I don't know why. I just <laughs> Thursday night football. Yeah, but any night football. But yeah, I don't know why Thursday just popped into my head. <laughs> Not Sunday. Wednesday afternoon Thursday. football. Tuesday like, morning football. Well, like we had this year, that Ravens-Steelers uh, game. Uh, um, and of somebody who did not get franchise tagged, Kenny Galladay for the Lions. So he's going to be entering free agency. Not sure how I feel about that one. So does this mean the Lions are totally rebuilt? I. It kind of feels like it. Yeah. It kind of feels like if you're getting, you're not going to hold on to that receiver for a year, especially with uh, Jared Goff coming in. Because when we got when we got Goff, I was like, okay, 
we're trying to put something together right now. Like uh, MCDC thinks we got the pieces. We're going to go do it right now. Now I'm I'm not so certain of that. Cause you Unless can, you're you going to take it. a receiver, which I, I've heard that Devonta Smith to the Lions. You think he'll fall that far, though? They're what, number seven? Seven. I don't think he'll fall that far. I think he's too talented. That's the thing is that a lot – I've heard that the teams that are up early are hungry for quarterbacks and – That's very true. Like, linemen. Yeah, the, so, like, the need for a Devontae Smith might not be as large yeah. as, uh, you know, as something else like that. That's what I was hearing. That's a good point. Now, I, I saw this tweet. It was from BR Gridiron. It was Alan Robinson's Twitter, and I'll show you right here. But for those who can't see me, which is everyone listening, in the bottom of his Twitter bio, it says Detroit versus everybody. That was Alan Robinson we were talking about from the Bears. Did he hmm. not think he was going to get franchise tagged or something? And he like, right here in his likes, Torrey Smith, some, I don't know who Torrey Smith is, but he tweeted, and Alan Robinson liked this tweet. It said, the franchise tag sucks. <laughs> Was Allen Robinson trying to come to Detroit? Be wide receiver one for the Lions? That's what it seems like. Isn't that pretty? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I see Where that. Where is he from? Um, I actually don't know. He's, been with, he's, he's from Detroit. He's been with the sense. Bears for a while. I'm not actually sure where Allen Robinson is from. I'd have to, I'd have to figure that out. I might actually look that up while we're talking about it. Um, but isn't that pretty interesting? So if you're if he's not that, from Detroit, then yes, that is go on, uh, go on, uh, BR Gridiron's Twitter, and that's where, that's where Allen Robinson's thing is. So that was that was pretty interesting to me. Now Kenny Galladay, I had something to talk about with Kenny Galladay, wide receiver one. He has been for the Lions. Take a look at this is a great tweet from NFL and CBS. Kenny Galladay in 47 career games with the Lions, he's got 3,068 receiving yards and 21 touchdowns. Now. Calvin Johnson's first 47 career games of the Lions, 3,166 receiving yards, 22 touchdowns. So 100 more yards and one more touchdown for Calvin. Wow. And that was dominance, right? That's been a much more quiet number for Kenny. Definitely. Isn't that insane, though? They're almost identical. And a lot of it is recency bias. Like, he hasn't been playing because of that was a hip injury. And, like, people just sounded like he didn't even want to play for the Lions. But yeah. Those numbers speak for themselves. Like, he's going to get paid somewhere. You know what I mean? I so, hope so. For them to lose him the and Packers. Uh, is the Packers. Imagine. Did you hear about uh, Aaron Rodgers trying to recruit him during the game? Yeah. You did? Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Like, imagine that. Um, What do you think, you, what do you think he'd say? Just come over to the sideline? Like, hey, maybe you should uh, come over here catching passes for me, bub. Probably. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Allen Robinson. He was drafted by Jacksonville Jaguars in the second round of the 2014 NFL draft. Then he went to the Bears. He went to oh, he's at Penn State, dude. I didn't know that. I'm not sure where he's uh, where he's actually from. You can see his hometown in there. Can you? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll it. figure it out. But what do you think? Uh, what do you think? What do you think Aaron Rodgers would say to a Kenny Galladay? That would be scary, though. That would be absolutely scary. Hey, uh, your franchise sucks. Why don't you come and try and win a Super Bowl over here? <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah, no, if, if he actually wants to play for something, I know they were tweeting out, like, who do you want him to team up with? And it was, like, Aaron Rodgers. There was, like, um, no, not definitely not Stafford on there, but there was uh, Deshaun Watson or a couple other people on there that just, like, that'd be cool to see him go and do something like that. It'd be like cool that. if he went to the Rams. You think so? Now, what are we? what's the situation? If you heard anything, I forget, Marvin Jones, is he gone already? I forget. I I think he might be. I thought he was too. Yeah, I think he's already gone. So we're gonna be. That's gonna be interesting, dude. 
So we still have... You have, like, no receivers. We have Quintez Cephas, I believe. <laughs> and then we have that uh, Sanu. Remember Sanu from the Falcons? The, like, he's older. washed he's older. up guy? He's a little washed, but he had some good... He had a few good games for us. He's uh, a beast, man. You see how big he is? He's got a build to him. Yeah, he's got a build to him, but... He does have a build to him. I, I'm, I'm telling you, he's got a nice build to him. But, um... I don't know. I, th- I think that's about it for the franchise tag. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, on the college football side of things. We've got, uh, let's see here, Deion Sanders and Jackson State off to an insane start. Obviously, there's a ton of hype about Deion Sanders going to coach at uh, Jackson State, yeah. right? Because it's Deion. He's like stays in the media like it's nobody's business. Him and uh, LeVar Ball basically just like dominate headlines. They're like those guys. <laughs> You know what I mean? For totally different reasons. Yeah. But they're always, he's just, he just does an insane job I, at staying relevant. I have not heard anything from like LeVar Ball since like 2017. Have you actually not? Why? Has he been no, doing he's stuff still, he's since? still, oh yeah, he's still, uh, he still does everything, dude. Trust me. And it's kind of like, just like, he kind of sits back now and just like lets his kids do all that, but he always chimes in on stupid shit. It's ridiculous. I don't know. And they, they love uh, giving headlines like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They love giving it to him. But back to Deion Sanders. Jackson State plays at, for those who don't know, uh, the Division One FCS level, or as it's, as it's often referred to as the D1AA in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. The last time the Tigers from Jackson State won the conference was back in 2013. So it's been a minute since they had success. Alcorn State has won it every year since. You ever heard of Alcorn State? I actually have. I have not. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of them. So they must be pretty good. I mean, they won a division... Seven years in a row? Yeah. That's nuts. Um, the current deal for Deion Sanders is a f- is four years for $1.2 million, which, again, it's an FCS program. They're not handing out these huge Power 5 contracts. No. But, I mean, he's still making, he's still making a pretty good paycheck. You know what I mean? $1.2 um, um, yeah. I mean, if you're a random guy, I guess. Like That's nuts. He, yeah, but if you're Deion. Yeah. He doesn't he's need set. it. He's I, feel like, I feel like he does yeah, not. He's coming back to coach not for the money. Yeah. No, no way. Um, but also, there are incentives for at least $120,000 in annual performance incentives. And could add that could be an automatic extension should the team have an eight-win season in his four years there. Hmm. It's pretty interesting how they, they kind of put those, they cater those into the contract. Like, hey, if you decide to, you know, bum around and have eight wins, automatic extension for you, no questions asked. That's pretty cool. Because that gives, like, some goals type of thing for the coach. Not that, like, you know, they're all in it for themselves. But, like, at the end of the day, for a lot of guys, a lot of guys are not in the same position as Deion Sanders. Yeah. Like, they need that. That's their livelihood, right? So, I think it's pretty cool how they do that. But Sanders actually got the head coaching job back in September. But their season was postponed to the spring with most of the rest of the FCS conferences. That's really allowed him to kind of get his culture established with the guys and really, um, you know, just be around the program. Because yeah. imagine coming in in September. Like, we started in early... Well, we were supposed to start in early August, I should say. Right? We didn't actually get started till later. No. But um, imagine that. You come in, like, if it were a regular season, you come in a month late, and you got to start coaching football games? Probably stressful. Probably. <laughs> probably a little stressful. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been in this situation. I hope I'm never in that situation. That would suck. I don't really feel like I'd be a coach after after playing either. What do you uh. think? Um, no, me coaching. Yeah, you coaching. I mean, I would love it, but I feel like I I don't think I would be able to deal with all the stuff that they go through. Right? Yeah, I mean, 
The only thing I want to coach is my son's peewee baseball team. Yeah, I'll probably do some flag. Flag football? I would yeah. do that too. That'd be great. Some flag football. You just, just be a, get like you'd be electric. really competitive. Just super into it. That's the only way. I feel like you have to be you have to be one or the other. You have to be so laid back and not into it, or you're gonna be all in. We literally ran Madden plays when I was playing for the <laughs> Chargers. We I was I think I've told you this. We had four plays when I had my little flag football team. And so like our coach, my dad, would just hold up a number on the sideline. And we yeah, just my dad play. was my flag football coach. Was he? And hey, we, we turned out all right. Madden 07. <laughs> Madden 07. We'd go downstairs and we'd Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. That one. That looks good. <laughs> we could probably do that. Oh yeah, we can run that. And you're like, okay, if if Timmy's here, then we go and draw it up, and then the kids are like, "Eh." (laughs) it looks way better on paper. Oh yeah. Um, but the Tigers back at Jackson State, Deion Sander, they're two and zero after a narrow win over Grambling State. Have you heard of Grambling State? Because I've definitely heard of them. They're solid. Yes, they are. And you know they're very good because that was the first time they lost a home game in the last four seasons. Wow, Uh, that's a huge win. That's a huge win for Jackson State, huge win for Dion. I think that's good for him because the hype was obviously already there. Like primetime, oh, yeah. Dion Sanders, he's going to bring the Hollywood everything to that program. They're going out and winning like big time games and they're actually going to, you know, maybe have a shot at winning a division for the first time since 2013. This is a lot. Like that's a quick. That would be a quick turn. I don't want to get ahead of myself cuz they're 2 and 0. Right. But yeah. That's that's really big time. So that's cool for them. Um but I was just going to say to you like Imagine getting recruited by Deion Sanders out of high school. Deion Sanders shows up at yeah. Utica. Yeah, right. Like, no. let me see, let me see that keen kid, man. Let me see that keen kid. Like, who you going to talk? Like, you get called out of the office. You ever have one of those moments? You just feel so badass. You're sitting in class and like, hey, they wouldn't say like a like, coach oh, is yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, like you need to go down. And there's somebody here or something like that. And you just like walk out of that class like, oh yeah, <laughs> just feeling it. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> Yeah, you're trying to think about a way to say it where you don't sound like a conceited like yeah, like yeah. A just complete yeah jack but yeah. yeah yeah you had to you had to like that feels yeah. good that feels I, good I feel like everybody here has had that moment oh, of course yeah if you're at this level right yeah. you definitely would have had that moment that's pretty cool but Deion Sanders dude imagine if you showed up to my high school I would oh, do it I used to always try and talk so long in those did you oh yeah dude stay out of class oh yeah. <laughs> If I'm stuck in med science, honestly, I am talking. To, I don't even care about the school. <laughs> Besides when JT came, Ugh. it was like every other school. I would just be like, oh, yeah. So what's this like? What's this like? What's this like? And I just kept talking and talking. And they talking all thought and you were just talking. super interested. Oh, probably. But I was just like, and then I never talked to him, man. But then no, I was super brief with some of, them, some of them. You could tell like if guys like weren't really there to like really see me. Like they're just there kind of checking whatever. Yeah, like, they're just like, oh, yeah, I need to go to this area. Yeah, Those exactly. Kind of May as yeah. well stop in at Lake Orion while I'm there type. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was... Now, I will say, I feel like they always caught me at the worst times like coaches did. Like we'd have some, I know like my broadcasting class, we'd have like professionals come in and talk to us. Yeah. Every time we had like a really cool guest speaker. Hey, Kobe, you got to go down to the office real quick. We got somebody. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I remember one day, like, we had a cameraman from uh, Fox come in. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like, I want to hear him talk. Like, he's a good dude. Yeah. As soon as he starts, knock, knock. Like, you got to go into the office real quick. I missed the whole thing. I was pretty upset. Damn. Like, that was pretty cool. Like, some dude who works for Fox does, like, all the Red Wings games and Tigers games. Like, that would have been sweet. Yeah. Totally missed it. Mine was, like, during, like, chem. And that was the yeah, best. Yeah, that, that's better. That that's was the lot best. better, dude. Dang. That was your random ass times. Miss Struck would be talking, and then she'd be like, "Oh, Keen down in the office." I'd be like, "Yes." 
gosh. <laughs> I'm going to miss this oh. hour. All right, our last piece here on the college football side of things and for today's pod, Tom Allen from Indiana. He gets the contract extension. They have agreed, Indiana and Tom have, Allen, excuse me, have agreed to seven-year contract that will increase Tom Allen's annual average compensation to $4.9 million through the 2027 season. It's pretty good. It's yeah. average annual, right? So take that and multiply it by seven. That's going to be 35, about 35 mil. Somewhere on those lines. money for me. Uh, yeah, it would be enough money for Tom. I don't think he's a guy that really cares too much about that either. You know what I mean? Have you seen much on him? Uh, haven't really kept up with him. There honest. was one Tom Allen moment that I remember that comes to my head every time I think of him, and that was Indiana's win over, I forget who they're beating, but he they win, he goes in the corner, have the little post-game media type thing, and every single player that runs by is like, this is our dude. Like, this is our guy right here. Like, we'd do anything for him. You know, like every single dude that came by. And I thought that was so cool. You know what I mean? And like, obviously... They just won a game. They're all excited. They see their coach doing, but that does not happen to a lot of coaches. So yeah. he's just that dude. Like he's just okay. a, he's just approachable like that. He's a good dude. Yeah. And like all the coaches, the coaches say like they'll run through a wall for him too. Like the coaches, all of his guys that uh, that he works above, mm-hmm. they absolutely love him. Um, I want to say he was the. Let's see. Um, yeah, 2020, he was the American Football Coaches Association National Coach of the Year as well as the Big Ten Coach of the Year. So they were 6-1 and one this year. That one loss, obviously, to uh, Ohio State. So yeah. they had a really good year. That was um, a nail-biter. It was. It was a pretty good game. Um, there's, I think Ohio State pulled away a little bit later, though. I do want to I say thought that did. was the one where, or maybe it was a different game when, that Indiana played where he dove for the pylon. That was their, I think that was their season opener. That was against Penn State. In double overtime, I believe, because that was Michael Penix. Oh, but then Penn State sucked. Yeah, so we thought that was an insane game, and then Penn State turned out to be garbage. But then, remember, Penix went down. Remember he had that knee injury? He might have tore maybe even both of his MCLs. I forget what it was, but he went out. And so that was part of the reason why they they still won. They went 6-1. and They only lost to Ohio State. But with Michael Penix, a lot of those games would have been a lot different because he was super talented. Very. I wonder what year he is. You don't happen to know, do you? No. No, I don't either. Um. But um, he became the program's first national coach of the year in 53 years for Indiana. That's pretty impressive. And what does that say about Indiana? You haven't hired anybody worth a shit. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. 50-something. 53 years. I think that's a pretty long time. Then again, with how many college football programs there are, I guess I I I get it. You know? Well, as... Was that a national? That was a was national. AP? That was a national. AP? No, that was that was the uh, the um, American Football Coaches Association. Now, uh-huh. yeah. So AFCA. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just some big accrediting thing. Yeah. Um, but he also like I just want to go through a couple of the things he did there too because he did a lot of really good things. Like 2020 season was the program's first top ten national ranking in 51 years. Like a lot of firsts for these guys under Tom Allen. So. I just thought that was really cool, and I definitely wanted to uh, touch on that before we before we finished today's pod. Tom Allen's a dude; you should definitely uh, definitely check him out if you look, don't know yeah, too much. Yeah, check him out. Um, but otherwise, I think that's all we've got for today. Thank you very much for listening. Check us out: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Twitter at D One underscore Rejects. Excuse me, and Instagram at Division One Rejects. Appreciate you. Have a great week.